Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Revelation 5. Reading from the New International Version, starting in verse 6 through verse 14, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6 through 14, continuing in a series, a second message in a series called The Victorious Church. Are you ready? Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one having a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense. Let's read that together. Each one having a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. They will what? They will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard a voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Let's all read that together. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders worshipped, fell down and worshipped, and all of the people online and in the great congregation of Wasilla, Alaska said, Amen. Lift your voice and pray for a moment. God, we come before you mindful that it's not, we're not here for a lecture. We're not here just for learning about your word and about you, but we're here to receive fresh impartation even from heaven. I pray, oh God, that you would anoint these lips of clay once again, thankful for what you did in the first service. Now for what you'll do in the second, and may these words, may this message, may this time bring about much fruit even to eternity in the lives and the families of everyone that hears. We'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory in in Jesus' name, come on, shout amen. 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 And you may be seated. In the Old Testament, you see Moses in Exodus 26, 27, he receives, he receives a 
a blueprint, if you will, a, a pattern, a plan for making a place where God can meet with man. It's called the tabernacle. And that pattern was then to be used later in the temple that David provided for that Solomon built. And this tabernacle, the temple at the very center of it is what's called the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies is what the Bible calls the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant are the two tablets written by the very finger of God of the Ten Commandments, law. And depending upon what time in history, there would be the, the rod of Aaron that budded as God's confirmation of choosing Aaron to be the high priest in his family. It budded, it was almonds. It budded and brought forth fruit. And you would have also found uh, the golden manna that would have been there, the ark. On the very top of the ark of the covenant are two cherubims. I, I said seraphim in the first service. I bring correction now. Two cherubim that were on the ark of the covenant and their wings faced each other. And in between the two cherubim, come on, you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, haven't you? Between the two cherubim is what's called the mercy seat. And once a year on the, what's called the Day of Atonement, the high priest, through special rites and, and protocol, would come into the Holy of Holies to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat for his sin and the sins of the people. And we just, we, we talked about that, atonement, the Anglo-Saxon word meaning at one minute. It's how man is made right with God. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Leviticus talks about that. And the Old Testament, as I've told you and taught you in times past, is a picture book for New Testament reality. And I've had you say it so that you get it in your spirit. I want you to say it again. The Old Testament is a picture book of New Testament reality. And if you look at the, what's the, the furnishings or the furniture of the temple, it's fascinating to see that it makes a picture really of the cross. And, and if I can, I'd like to have uh, some volunteers here. Jim Hart, would you come? And I just want you to face the people and put your hands up like this. Amen, like you're worshiping, like you always are. Okay, you're gonna be the, you're gonna be the lamp. You're gonna be the menorah. There was a menorah. In the very center, we'll make that the pulpit. The pulpit would be a picture of where the ark was. And so then there was this curtain that separated the two. If I can, this is just about right. It's one and a half feet by one and a half feet, what's called an altar of incense. Altar of incense right here. On this side, anybody know who's on this side? Pastor Karen, would you like to be the showbread over here? Okay, come stand right here, Pastor Karen. The showbread. Uh, stand just a little bit forward, a little bit forward. And can I have my uh, menorah move forward, please? Okay, very good. Now, uh, in the middle was the, the bronze laver. How many of you know what that is? It's this uh, bowl and it was, had water, and you would look in it, a picture of reflection. All of these things you can read in Leviticus. Can I have a bronze laver stand up in the middle, wherever you are? Ready, set, anybody, anybody bold, stand up on your feet. You can do it, yes. All right, that's like four bronze lavers, but you, you're the man right there. You're the bronze laver. Uh, dear sister, actually, I'm gonna have my camera guy. 
you're going to be the altar of sacrifice. So now, there was a very prescribed way that all of this took place in worship of God. And if you'll notice something, it forms a cross. And all of these things are types and shadows, a picture book of New Testament reality. Would you put your hands together for these guys? You may be seated. Thank you. The piece of furniture that was closest to the, to the, to the Holy of Holies, closest to the ark, is the altar of incense. Fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. I want to preach to you about the altar of incense. Incense was burned. If you could remove my altar of incense back there. Thank you so much. Incense was burned morning and evening. Again, it's, it's about one and a half feet by one and a half feet by one and a half feet. It's three feet high and then one and a half feet in the other dimensions. Incense was burned morning and evening. Priests would come. In fact, you can go and look at Luke chapter 1. And Zechariah is chosen in his, in his service. He's one of 50 priests was then picked. Zechariah chapter 1, you all know this, was chosen by Lot that he would burn incense before the Lord. It was considered the greatest honor as a priest is to burn incense. And they would come with this prescribed incense and was made a certain way. Uh, quite interesting, in fact, right in, right in your notes, the incense itself was made by a priestly family, and you spell their family name A-V-T-I-N-A-S. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but they had the secret of making incense where the smoke would rise straight up. One of, there's numerous mysteries of the temple. One of the mysteries of the temple is that this incense, no matter what was happening with the weather and the wind, it went straight up. It was a sign and a wonder. I was looking through some, some old paintings and they have this picture of incense that just blows off to the right or left. I'm like, that's not it. I'm looking for a picture where the incense goes straight up. You know, another fascinating thing about the Temple Mount uh, there and the temple, and we were, we were just stood on the Temple Mount and uh, we were there. One of the fascinating things is there's never been a fly that's been seen on the, in the temple. There was never a fly. Now you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, it's basically a slaughterhouse of sacrifice, blood all over the place. Flies are drawn to blood, but not there. There's no flies. You know why flies are a picture of Beelzebub, picture of the Lord of the flies, Lord of the dunghill. His name is Satan. How'd you like to have that title? Hi, I'm Lord of the pile. Yeah, have fun with that. The Talmud describes this special family, and it's, it's rather interesting. The Talmud is a a record of rabbinic, uh, it's a rabbinic commentary on uh, the teachings of the Torah about second through the fifth century it was, came about. The, the tabernacle and the temple are physical pictures of spiritual realities, which I, I had you talk about that picture book just a moment ago. Let me, get, let, let me give you some scripture. Colossians 2 and 16, therefore let no one judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a fast, new moon or Sabbath. These things are a shadow of the things to come, but the body that is cast belongs to Christ. Hebrews 10 and verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. I want you to say that the law is a shadow of the good things to come. Now the fascinating thing about the altar of incense is it's in the book of Revelation. So what does that mean in relation to us? Oh, it means a lot. Revelation 5, 6 through 14, you'll see that heaven is filled with worship. Now, we do have notes. I encourage you to fill those in as we move along. And by the grace of God, they'll have the, 
the blanks filled in for you. Heaven is filled with worship and praise. That's what heaven is filled with. If you don't like worship and praise, you will hate heaven because it's filled with worship and praise. And you'll notice that Jesus is worshiped. You say, what's so significant about that? Well, what's significant about it? If Jesus is worshiped, then he's God. You'll notice that they worship, they're worshiping Jesus. That destroys Christian cults that say that Jesus was Satan's brother. Or that Jesus isn't God because God, God is the only one that can receive worship. So at the throne, they're worshiping Jesus, the lamb, the lamb that was slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the world. And no one stops him. It's a beautiful picture affirming that Jesus is God. And, and you'll notice also that these 24 elders, they hold this harp. Oh, I, I, I have to stop for a moment and say, in the earthly tabernacle, there is the altar of sacrifice, which my camera represented, then the bronze laver, which my, our brother represented, and, and, and so on and so forth. Did you know that there is no altar of sacri sacrifice in, in heaven? Do you know why? because that's been taken care of by Jesus. There is no more sacrifice. He's the final sacrifice. Come on, somebody say, he's the final sacrifice. Well, pastor, do you have to stand on a chair? Yes, I got your attention, and now you know. There's only, the, the, the altar is the incense, of the, the altar of incense. That's the altar. 24 elders, each holding a harp, and golden bowls full of incense with other prayers, or the what? The prayers of the saints. Now, when it says saints, that word is hagios. It means holy ones. So it's not Mother Teresa. Has she been voted in a saint? Anyway, the Catholics say they have this criteria, and we were just at St. Peter's Basilica, and it was overwhelming. What, and there's a lot of money that was cost, and, and, and there's a lot of people that were harmed, and on and on and on. But I do want to say this. It's amazing what God can do through a man because it's absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't endorse everything that's happened there for their bringing that about, but it is beautiful to see what God can do through mankind. It is absolutely overwhelming. And so they would say that you'd have to be dead for, I don't know what, there's rules, 250 years or something, and then you had to have like five miracles, and then you have to raise the dead, and then you can be possibly voted in and made a saint. Can I tell you something? There's only one thing that makes you a saint. doesn't matter what, what, what religious folks might say. You're made a saint by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. Holy, you become holy by the blood. By the blood of Jesus, that makes you holy. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, I'm a saint. How about you? So when you say saint, don't make that think of like that's somebody out there. No, you know, you're, you're, you're a saint. Each one had a harp. They're holding these golden bowls. It's incense rising before the throne. Turn to Revelation chapter 8 now as we continue on in this message about being the victorious church. He said, what does this have to, be with the, does it have to do with being the victorious church? We're well, about to find out. Revelation 8, verse 3. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. Smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. From what? From the angel's hand. There's a number of things here 
this angel with a golden censer stands before the golden altar. That's, that's a beautiful picture. Again, only one altar. The incense and prayer are all tied together. And you'll notice that incense went up from the angel's hand. It went up from what? The angel's hand. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. What's profound to me is this, that heaven releases our prayers. There's this co-laboring together. In Romans 8 and verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I had some of those happen today. Did anybody ever have wordless groans where you hit something and you're just like, oh, oh God. But it's also a picture of praying in tongues. You know, I'm so grateful for the gifts of the Spirit. I'm so grateful that we're a Spirit-filled church. And what I mean by that is we believe in all the gifts of the Spirit and we believe that the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues, a prayer language. And that, 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 that might be unique for you. Maybe you're in, in this church for the first time. You're like, man, what's going on here? This place is something. I'll, I'll never forget when I first came into Connie Street all those years ago. It was 1992. I was invited to go there. I walked in. I walked into the back. Connie Street was one of our church, first church buildings before we moved to a, a larger facility. And I walked in. It was a sea of people. And it was the end of a message. And the place was roaring in the spirit. And what I mean in the spirit, pray in the spirit and build up your most holy faith. Jude, they were roaring in their heavenly language. They were praying in tongues. Everybody all together. doesn't need to be interpreted if it's like that. There's a corporate prayer where everybody prays in their spirit, it does not need to be interpreted. When it becomes pronounced, it's then that it needs to be interpreted and it can be out of order. If somebody just stood up right now and belted out their a message in tongues, it would need to be interpreted, which it would be. Otherwise, it'd be out of order. But when we all pray in the spirit, it's absolutely in order and it's God's spirit praying through us. Come on, God's spirit praying what? Through us. And this picture of the angel releasing the incense is a beautiful picture of the Spirit at work with us. See, ontologically, which is this, the, the study of spiritual spatial things, ontologically, your spirit and God's spirit are not the same. Economically, though, they work to work together. You working along with the Spirit of God, participating, Him praying through you. And we've taught you about that at other times. This is a beautiful, beautiful passage where this prayer is coming before God through the angel's hands. You know, I felt like that happened to me this week. I hit a place where I just needed to pray in the spirit. I had no idea. I was so discouraged and overcome with disappointment. Honestly, I was. I was. I can't tell you how excited I am to move into that place and just reach thousands of people and have a great revival. We're going to have revival anyway. We are having a revival anyway. This place is just as full or more full than the first service. We'll do the same thing on Sunday night, and we'll do the same thing and the same thing. And I don't know how long we're going to be delayed for. It doesn't matter. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to, going to heal the sick, set the captives free, preach the gospel. Come on, we rule and reign in the earth. Come on, I just read that. Come on, don't be discouraged. And I, I just had to shake that off. And, it, and, and as I prayed in the Spirit, as I was able to overcome, it was like incense went before the Lord, and we, we just refocus to know that God's able to do it for you. He's able to do it for you individually. He's doing it for us corporately. It's a beautiful thing. Heaven helps bring our prayers to the throne. That's a beautiful picture 
Aren't you glad you have God's help? Come on, aren't you glad that you have God's help? I am too. Come on, without him, your heart would stop in your chest right now. It would stop beating. If the devil could kill you, he would have. Let me run that through again. If the devil could kill you, he already would have killed you. Oh, he tries. Try, try, try as he might. He's underneath my feet in Jesus' name. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God is helping us in our prayers. All right. The Lord's speaking to us very clearly this morning as this victorious church. And one of the reasons I'm preaching it is because when we ran into difficulties, I felt like the Lord said, you are my eternal victorious church. So stand and see the deliverance of the Lord. You stand and you tell the people that they've already won. Come on, you've already won. Don't give in to discouragement. Okay, so you're still battling disease. Don't ever quit battling that thing. Take authority. Okay, your aunt, your uncle aren't saved yet, but it ain't over yet. Your brother, your mother, your father, your children. Pray, believe God. The church is God's incense in the world. God's incense in the world. We, we're the fragrance in the world of defilement. I, I don't know if some of you have candles at home. Does anybody like candles? You like candles? You know, some, like some of you like really like them. You're like a candle freak. You're just really into those things. And I like candles too because they, they make this wonderful fragrance through the house. And uh, that's important. It's nice to have things that smell nice, isn't it? Uh, or do you like things that smell horrible? Okay. When we were in, uh, in Israel and we went to these different churches, the Church of the Nativity, you could smell all this incense. And they have, they have very elaborate services where incense is... It comes from this passage and from others. It's a picture of prayer. But it, it exudes this fragrance. I, when, I, when I go to... Um, what are they called? Perfumeries? Bath and Body Works, I can't stand in there too long. I, I go in, it's overwhelming. It starts giving me a headache. If, if Pastor Karen wants me to smell a new fragrance she likes, I got about three shots, two shots maybe, three possibly if there's some coffee beans to smell. And I definitely can't go four or five. I just, I can't smell anything. I kind of get irritated and confused and I want to leave. Does any, anybody else like that? You're like, I've had enough of that. I've, I've been, I've, I've, I've snuck into, I think, three women's conferences. I didn't know that men could go, and they can't. But being the pastor, I've snuck in to women's conferences, and men serve at women's conferences to help, uh, like the men that are going to help with the Christmas tea. And uh, gentlemen, uh, we need you to sign up for that. Amen. So it's in the back, there's this potpourri of fragrances. It's, it's just this, so much fragrance in the room. Come on, tell, some of you just take a big, big sniff right now. Ready? Okay, hopefully it smells good. Do you know they actually have machines that produce fragrance in, in hotels and, and in churches? I went in a church at a lower 48. It's like the whole thing smelled like fresh oranges. Do you think that that's just a natural thing? It's not. Bathrooms have fragrances. We're supposed to be a beautiful fragrance in a world of brokenness and defilement. That's what we're supposed to be. 
Come on, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Let me read it to you. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession as he uses us to spread the aroma. We spread the aroma of heaven. Come on, some of you are spreading something else. We're worshiping and, and praying community. Some people are so upset at the things that happen in life. Don't stay upset. Offer incense. Worship God. Trust God. Trust his leadership. If you're disappointed, just shift. Just change. Shift your focus and realize that God's absolutely on the throne. So you got nothing to worry about. I had somebody tell me, oh, pastor, you just seem all burned out. I'm like, I don't feel burned out. I don't know. Maybe you're burned out. How about that? I'm not burned out. I was jet lagged by 12 hours. Really so grateful to be home and to see your beautiful faces. This is the most amazing place on the whole planet, if you ask me. Oh, Israel was great, and Italy has amazing food, but there's no place like Kings, Alaska. I'm just telling you. It's awesome. Amazing what God is doing here. And it's because there's an incense, there's a, a fragrance rising uh, in the community and in here through your deeds and through your prayers. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No matter what happens in this world, you are to be filled with joy. You're to overcome. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to overcome. Come on, raise a hand to heaven and say, I'm going to make it. You've got to see the importance of prayer, which is really the main focus of this message. We're a victorious church if we offer incense. If you lose your purpose as a church, you lose your purpose as a, as a Christian, as a believer, and you stop offering incense and worship before the throne, it's not long before you'll be finished. Some of you wonder why you have so many problems. It could be because you don't pray like God wants you to. I've seen over the course of my time being a pastor here, 16 years now, Pastor Ann, 16 years, we've seen over the course of our time being here, when people run into difficulties, man, they're really faithful in morning prayer. And then when things just get sorted out, they leave. I just want to pray that everybody would have like problems so they can come to pray. But that's, that's the wrong heart. I repent. Lord, forgive me. Amen. But if you'll learn to pray, if you'll learn to offer incense, if you'll learn to pray and to worship God through all of your challenges, you will see the hand of God come and situations change. With God, nothing is impossible. Come on, say it. With God, nothing is impossible. You've got to pray. You've got to offer incense. You've got to be a worshiper. Some of you belly aching so bad. I'm, every time I'm belly aching, I have. I might have done that just a little bit this week earlier. It's amazing how molehills become mountains. Come on, the more you stare at your anatomy, the fatter you get. Did anybody ever notice that? Come on. You know, I, I, uh, I, I go and see our beloved chiropractor and it's interesting that I, I, I go in just as a, as a, as a way of uh, just staying healthy and I, I very rarely have a, a problem where I need him to fix it for me but it's funny when I go in and I sit down and then they do the survey how are you doing I'm good do you have any pain I'm like oh yeah I guess maybe I do <laughs> uh, where is it uh, yeah it's in my shoulder okay one to ten I, I didn't have it like before I was there. I didn't hardly recognize I had it. Now, I don't know, it's a three. 
It's a four. It's a four now? It's a five, as a matter of fact. And it's moving on into seven and eight zone right now. How many of you know that you've got to focus on Jesus? You've got to, you've got to lift your incense and let your worship. You can bellyache and look at all the wind and the waves and, oh, God, you love me, God. Oh, Lord, are you going to stop? You're his precious people. You're a, come on, you're a, you're a kingdom and priest. Come on, somebody say, I'm a kingdom, I'm a priest. Say it. Lift your hands to heaven and say, oh God, help me. Offer incense. Got to see the importance of prayer. It's of great value to God. Now that's seen by how he talks about all the gold. Now gold is impressive to us. It's asphalt in heaven. So his streets are paved with gold, but these these golden censer, the golden altar, the golden bowls, the golden censer. It's a picture of gold being precious. Prayer is precious. And I don't know why the Lord has done it. I, theologically, I understand some reasons. Jurisdiction and so on and so forth. But he has, he has allowed us to partner with him in prayer. And some of you don't partner the way that he wants you to. And as a result, you don't see the kind of breakthrough that's available for you. You missed a great place to say amen. God wants to give us breakthrough, but we've got we to gotta see the value. It's precious to God. Everything is tied to the prayers of the saints. Before things happen, prayer goes up. And you can see it in the book of Revelation. The same is true today. There is no revival without an outpouring of the Spirit in prayer. Prayer always precedes revival. Somebody said, how are you guys doing what you're doing? We pray our ears off, and I think we could go to another level. We pray and we obey. We try. I remember when I first came, all those years ago, we went through a, a difficulty here in the church. It was very, very challenging time. And I fasted for 40 days. God somehow helped me do it. And I'll never forget the last day of the fast. He visited me in my office. I could hardly stand. And he said, don't forget that everything that's about to happen is a result of prayer. That was the word of the Lord. For me then, it's the word of the Lord for me now. It's the word of the Lord for you. You can have breakthrough. No matter what obstacle you're facing, it can be melted like wax in his presence if you pray, if you agree, if you declare, if you proclaim. Pray, pray, pray. And when you're done praying, pray some more. Pray until you have a breakthrough. Some of you, it's like a last resort. Well, I guess all we can do is pray. What do you mean all we can do is pray? That's the main thing. Nothing else to do now but pray. Should have been praying all along. And it's, it's amazing to me how we forget. How we forget. Oh, God, help us to be convinced of the efficacy of prayer. Before things happen, prayer goes up. Say it with me. Before things happen, prayer goes up. You see that in this text. And you see that judgments are held up until praise have been offered. Prayers have been offered. By many's understanding, prayers are linked to releasing the judgments of God. Now, I, I know in my own life that many times when I've prayed, I've seen God just decimate the enemy's attack. And I, I know that if I hadn't prayed, it wouldn't have happened. There are, there are Peters out there that have lost their faith 
because there are those who haven't prayed for Peter's faith. Jesus prayed for Peter. There's an assassination attempt against Peter. But Jesus says, I prayed for your faith that you may not fail, that you will come back and restore your brothers and be restored. Could it be that there are many that don't serve God today because there's a people that don't quite pray? You say, why pray, Pastor? I'm glad. Don't stop. I pray also. I do believe that God's calling us to level up. There are souls that lie in the balance and judgments are held up until prayers have been prayed. Some of you are wanting God to intervene, but you refuse to pray. Some of you want God to break in with power and light, but you're not willing to get up early and pray and seek him. Turn the TV off. Step away from your Instagram. Step away from your Snapchat. Step away from your social media and carve out some time when you cry out to God. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of, uh, of the Korean church praying or, or maybe the underground church praying in China. These people are broken in half for God. Tears running down their face, wailing. I mean, you have to get a hold of them. You almost have to take them and stop them physically to get to quit them to pray. I don't know if you've ever faced something where you were just so broken that you needed. That's a different kind of prayer. So do you know about that? I do a little bit. My daughter, Hannah, was flatlined when she was born without going into the whole story. And they couldn't, they were trying to intubate her and it wouldn't work. They couldn't fix it. And she's, she's arcing off of that procedural table, just a, an hour or two old, and they couldn't fix it. They couldn't fix her. And I remember looking through a set of blinds. They wouldn't allow me in the room, which is probably wise. That I saw these blinds, this little crack that I was able to look into the procedure room as I prayed. And I got really loud. And I'm, I'm making a scene. I remember, I don't know, Mama, if you remember, but my mom came to me and said, son, you're making a scene. I said, oh, am I? And I said, just take a look. And I pointed at, the, at, the, at Hannah through the glass, through the little slot at the blinds. You know what I'm talking about? And I'll never forget my mom looked and said, oh, God, oh, she just walked off. I, I, I made me look quiet. <laughs> and I remember they tried and tried and tried. It got to the point where like, you're not touching my kid again. I'm going to break in and take my child. And when, as soon as I went to go move, the Lord said, give them 10 more minutes, which is like eternity. I prayed for nine minutes, 30 seconds, I'm like, I'm looking at the clock. They got 30 seconds and I'm taking my child off that table. And that, that tube went in and I rejoiced. And I was weeping and rejoicing and I opened my eyes and a doctor's looking at me and he says, are you okay? Because I'm on the ground now. I'm flat out on the tile. He says, you all right? I said, I am now. I said, I'm all right now. You ever prayed like that? Some of you don't have the kind of breakthrough that God wants to release to you because you're not willing to break in half before the throne. You break in half with incense. You don't, doesn't, you have nose running, spit flying. We're so hooked on being dignified. You really want to see breakthrough. You let your heart break and you have a revelation of hell. Have a revelation of that's where people go if they don't receive Jesus. You start getting a burden. I'm getting messed up right now. Worship team, come on. You start getting a burden for souls that if, that if the church would pray, if the church would offer incense, they would be the victorious church. And I'll tell you, whatever victory we have here, which is vast, but it's just a drop. 
The victory will be multiplied if you will pray more and agree. It's not about earning it. It's about exerting his authority and power in the earth. You're a kingdom. You're priests. You're supposed to reign, not tolerate. Don't ever tolerate what Jesus came to set people free from. Lift your hands to heaven. Let the Holy Spirit touch you right now. Prayer releases fire. In your notes, prayer is a motor driving the plan of God. Prayer is a motor driving the plan. Some of you, your motor is seized. You can read 10 books on prayer and still never pray. Prayer is caught more than taught. I've learned prayer through Pastor Ann, and I've learned prayer through my mother's intercessions. My chief intercessor is my mother. God has sustained your life, Mom. And there's more, there's more years for you, because I need your help. And you got stuff to do for Jesus. There's great purpose about your life. Thank you. I will do the same. Something you said to me, I vow that I will fulfill. You said you do it for your children. I will. I have. I will. I will. You stuck with me until you see all of your dreams come fulfilled. Hannah, you too. Victoria Juliet also. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, if you'll, if you'll pray, if you pray, God will move. Come on, how do you get saved? How do you get saved? How do you have your sins forgiven? You repent of your sin. How? Through prayer. You talk to God. Forgive me. Forgive me, God. I've sinned. Forgive me. I believe that you died. You're praying. Salvation comes by prayer. Deliverance comes by prayer. Pro provision comes by prayer. Obeying too. Tithing. You've got to do your part. You take action. Prayer and action releases fragrance, releases incense, releases breakthrough. You can do more. What is this great quote from some preacher of a bygone era? You can do more after you've prayed, but you can't do more until you've prayed. Let me run that through one more time. You can do more after you've prayed through, but you can't do more until you've prayed through. Some of you try to do all kinds of stuff, but you don't pray. You're like, I don't have time. Sir, ma'am, you don't have time not to. Say, I'm too tired. You too tired not to. He said, I can't get up early. You better get a hold of yourself if you want to fulfill the plan and the destiny and the purpose of God. You got to get yourself on the altar of incense. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord, open up the windows of heaven. Save my family. Lord, remove the obstacles. Bring fire. Bring fire. Bring fire. Bring fire, God. Bring your fire. Praise the Lord, the table didn't break. Glory to God. Y'all ready? If prayer is the motor or the engine driving the plan of God to completion, how's your motor? I've got a, a couple cute cars that I drive, but my truck, 
my truck has a very large Cummings. It's chipped, turboed, straight piped. And I'm gonna tell you something, when I, when I turn that thing up and I step on it, boy, you feel the torque. That thing's got power. When I, when I lend my truck to somebody like, that's got a lot of power, I'm like, I know, it's awesome. Come on, you need to trade in your little VW, three-cylinder, you need to get rid of that. You need to upgrade. You need to upgrade. You, come on, you, come on, how many of you want more breakthrough? Then pray more. Come on, you, how many of you wanna, how many of you wanna see God do amazing things in your family? Pray more. How many of you wanna see fire fall on your mountain? Pray, 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 pray! Come on, Minister Toby, lead us. Come on, lead us. Come on. wonderful promises to stand on. Dr. Morocco has said this over the years, it's become something I've said to you over and over and over. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. When you get a promise from God, then you pray that thing till it comes to pass. You submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, and God will answer your prayer. He said, well, he didn't answer last time. No, you just quit. You know, it's fascinating to me the altar of incense, back to Luke 1, I made reference at the very beginning of the message. Zechariah was chosen to burn incense on the altar of incense. He goes to do that and the angel Gabriel appears to him. And Gabriel says to him, Zechariah, your prayer's been heard. But in the original Hebrew, in the original Greek, pardon me, it says the prayer you used to pray has been heard. So you have to ask yourself, and you look at that text, what is the prayer that he used to pray? Well, the, 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 Luke gives us the context of a prayer that he used to pray. What is the number one prayer for young married couples eventually? But it's, you know, God gives a house, God, eventually, mostly, God give us children. And he was, she was barren, Elizabeth was barren. And it brought reproach on them because the Old Testament understanding is if you can't get pregnant, then you're cursed. That's the Old Testament understanding. That's why after she gets pregnant 
and John the Baptist is born, she says, my reproach has been rolled away. What reproach? The reproaches say, you serve God, you live for God, you're holy and you're barren, you're lying. You're lying, that's not true. You don't really live for God. And that was a reproach. But when she brought forth a baby, it was all removed. The angel says the prayer you used to pray has been heard. And he was filled with unbelief. You know why? I ought to preach this whole thing. It's filled with unbelief because it just took too long. He was beyond the age of childbearing, like, like Abraham and, and, and Sarah. Elizabeth was too old to get pregnant. Who said so? Who said that? The doctor? Who said? Some of you live your life based upon the opinions of people and, and the opinions of doctors and the opinions of lawyers. I'm telling you that God operates all outside of that. And by prayer, He come on, by prayer. but not if you don't pray it's impossible for you would you give yourself to prayer would you just level up come on get in morning prayer it'll be here on Monday we had some times of prayer and cleaning at the other building but we felt to be prudent we need to just stay here we'll be back here this week if you missed it we'll be back there eventually you get in prayer 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. he said I can't I'm driving well then turn it on Put it, put it on on YouTube. Put it on on, on whatever stream you've had. Or, or set aside some time. Get up earlier. Listen, if you do the same thing and expect a different result, that is one of the definitions of stupid. Don't be stupid. Take over. Rule and reign. Partner with God. Pray. Offer incense. Did you get something from God this, this morning? With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, you want to be reconciled to him. There is a hell that should be shunned by you. You shun hell. You reject hell by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's only one sin that God can't forgive you of. And I'm going to tell you what that is. Only one. The only one sin that he can't forgive you of is by denying his son Jesus as the offering and the final sacrifice for your sin. If you deny that and you reject him, then you will not be forgiven no matter what you do. It is the only way. There is only one way, one truth, one life. His name is Jesus. Receive him today. I'm gonna to give your heart to him for the first time and make a recommitment because you drifted all across this place and then we're gonna receive communion together. And it'll be the final thing we do this morning, now early afternoon. Wanna give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Wanna make a recommitment to him all across this place. You say, that's me, pastor. Wonderful, on a count of three. Would you raise your hand if you're serious, you wanna get right with God, lift your hand now. God bless you, lift your hand high. You wanna get right with God, you want your sins forgiven. God bless you, I see that hand, I see that hand. Thank you, sir, thank you, thank you. Thank you, brother, thank you, ma'am, I see that hand. Awesome, wonderful, thank you. Pray this with me, right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart, come into my life. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for hearing my prayer. 
Amen. Lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender to God. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch, fill, baptize these even now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.